Hello, and you are very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Now today in the studio, I'm joined by Jackie Reid, co-founder and CSO of Delhi Lights Ireland. Jackie, you're so welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. Now, before we begin, as always, I'm going to give a little bit of background on Jackie and indeed on Delhi Lights. So, It was back in the early 1990s and Jackie and her four older sisters spent a summer working in New Jersey, their first introduction to the New York deli scene. They were blown away by the demand and decided to replicate the idea back home with the first Deli Light store opening in Newry in 1994 with Jackie, her sisters and her mum all on board. It was an instant success and sales grew quickly, increasing week on week. Now, a few years later, Jackie and her husband, Brian, spied the opportunity to produce their own pre-packed food to go and supply to local shops, forecourts, schools and colleges. And Deli Lights Ireland was formed. Starting with a modest 30 sandwiches per day, sales quickly grew and in just three years, demand for Deli Light's products led to expanding manufacturing capability twice. The company has an ever-increasing portfolio of customers, a workforce of approximately 250 employees and growing. They've added a bakery facility and currently supply to every county in Ireland every day of the week. What a success story. Now exporting all over the world, Deli Lights is fulfilling the original vision to bring the best Irish sandwich to the world market. The dream is to see that sandwich sold in New York, where the story began. But while the company continues to innovate and evolve, one thing it will never do is mediocrity. Jackie, (laughs) when I read an introduction like that, what's going through your mind? Oh, thanks, Sarah. That was a lovely intro. And sometimes whenever you hear it back, you go, is she talking about me? Yeah, yeah, listen, you know, it's it's a good story. And, you know, um, a lot. We've done an awful lot over the last 25 years. And it's just exciting and I, I love every day waking up and thinking, well, what can we achieve today? Um, every day is a new day and there's so much potential and demand for our products. And even still 25 years on, we're, you know, building the company and we're reaching new boundaries that we thought we never would, you know. So, no, it's it's exciting. And it's lovely to have you here in Newry today, which is, of course, your hometown. I think you've been chatting to everybody on the way up the stairs. But just tell us a little bit about your background, because, uh, you know, presumably you didn't go to school, leave school and then say, I'm going to make sandwiches for a living. Definitely not. So really, um, I'm, uh, I live in Restrever. Um, I've got three kids, Sarah, and uh, I live there with my husband and my business partner, Brian. Um, you know, I did come from quite an entrepreneurial family with my four older sisters 
all in the food business having their own sandwich bars. Ah, yeah, so they were so doing sandwiches already. Absolutely. Well, the idea initially came from them. So, you know, they went to college and done their thing, came back from university. Then we went travelling to New York. They initially seen the idea of working in the deli, New York deli scene, and thought, you know, this would be fantastic to bring it back to Newry. You know, back then, there was nothing like deli sandwiches. All you could get would be, you know, your your normal roast dinner, like if you went in somewhere <laughs> for lunch. So so there wasn't even yeah. sort of pre-packaged sandwiches, maybe. Well, I suppose we didn't even have the supermarkets then yeah. doing that. Very, very little, Sarah. You know, we there was food courts offering a very, very per, you know, range of food to go, like, you know, very plain sandwiches that wouldn't be enticing or didn't have innovative flavours like we were going to bring to the scene. So um, very exciting, but it was great, you know, uh, being surrounded by entrepreneurs with my four sisters and my brother who runs and owns a very successful farm out at home in South Armagh. Um, but also my dad was a real entrepreneur and my mum was an integral part of our success in being our entrepreneurs ourselves. She was there from day dot and she was helping us in the kitchen and, you know, her support really was uh, a massive part of the success of all the girls in the family as well as my brother. So, And had she worked in business herself or she just mucked in? She mucked in. Yeah. She was a doer. She, you know, she had six kids and um, she was a housewife. She ran the house. She looked after the kids. Uh, there were six of us and we were challenging. We were running around the fields and she couldn't find us and we were all up to something very curious and very... Um, suppose uh, you know challenging at that time being young children but mum done a fantastic job but she ingrained in us from a very um, early age about work ethic getting stuck in about team effort having each other in the house doing the dishes making your beds working together you know and those things stick with you um, in helping one another out and seeing your purpose in um, helping the family. And that's where our family values are embedded, you know, from what our mother's shown us from those early days. It's a fantastic story. So, you know, just take us uh, through how you actually got set up. So you came back from New York. I mean, it's mm. a super story, but, um, you know, how did, how, did it, how did it first happen? Well, I suppose I sort of fell into it because I had left school at 16 and actually went and done media studies for a while in the local um, Southern College in Uri. Um, so I was doing that for a while and because I was a wee bit lost, didn't know what to do. At the same time, my sisters had opened the first sandwich bar in Uri. So I got a part-time job there helping making the sandwiches and dealing with customers. After a while, I realised I love this. I love right. this environment, how fast paced it was, how innovative it was, because my sisters and my mother was coming up with the ideas on the sandwich varieties and how to be different and bringing those elements of the New York deli scene into the sandwich bar. And the people in the Newry and Moore area didn't know what hit them. They were excited, they embraced it, they loved it. You know, there was queues down the street and I really got my eyes opened and I thought, I love this. We're on to something. And we're on to something. And, in, and you love it too. The, oh my goodness, Sarah, the energy in the shop was electric yeah. and the customers could feel it. We had more than uh, a customer relationship. It was a love for what we, we were doing for them, what, how we were serving them and the food we were offering them. So 
it was really um, fantastic to, to work with your sisters in, in achieving that. Yeah, and it was that instant yeah. success. But when, you know, how did how did you bring Brian into the business oh, then? Or what was Brian doing? <laughs> Poor Brian only came in for a sandwich one day. <laughs> I got more <laughs> than he back and forth. The rest is history. The is that how you met him? Yes. No so Absolutely. So him and his friends would have come in. He was in the local college as well, studying um, hotel catering and tourism. So he uh, came in for a sandwich on a daily basis. And oh, um, definitely, uh, I think he was first smitten by the sandwiches and then I came second. But, I didn't uh, know about that. I served him very well. So he was a very good customer. So, yeah, that's where I met him. And, you know, we got on very well. And he was very entrepreneurial as well. You know, he went to work in the cruise liners out in the Royal Caribbean, came back. And at that stage, I was saying, listen, I love this environment. I think there's a niche for us to be replicating this. We looked a bit opening other sandwich bars in neighbouring towns and we thought the capital in starting that up would be initially too much for us because we were only 19. So we were really young. Gosh, you were so, so young. It was so young. So we decided to um, make pre-packed sandwiches and deliver them around the local schools, uh, petrol forecourts, um, hospitals, because the demand was huge. And we were getting phone calls on a daily basis about, can you supply me here? Can you supply me there? This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 What did you do? Buy a couple of vans and that kind of thing? <laughs> well, yeah, we done that at a later stage. And initially, which was fantastic, we started making the sandwiches throughout the night in my sister's sandwich bar. So we would go in at like nine o'clock in the evening prep all the ingredients, make the sandwiches, label them, pack them. And Brian came along then um, and he supplied them out all to the local shops. So that's that's how it began. Oh my goodness, Very so did simple. you ever sleep? Probably didn't. Uh, during the day, maybe for a couple of hours, but I was that excited. I was so passionate. It was oozing out of me that all I wanted to do was go out during the day and check in in the shops that we supplied the sandwiches to see if they'd sold out. But sure, we were getting phone calls a couple of hours later. Can you bring me more? We're sold out. So, so the demand was there. Yeah. Um, I suppose then the supply issue, it, that becomes that was the a problem. problem yeah. right. we, we, How did we, you cope with that? Absolutely. Um, we did hit a, a roadblock because we couldn't produce as many sandwiches as the demand was looking for. So we quickly had to then get our thinking caps on and look at our own premises. So we drove around the local area in Uri. We couldn't find an industrial um state that had a unit that would facilitate us making um, food to go. But we did come across a prawn shelling factory up in Warren Point, a Milltown industrial estate. And it had a walk-in chiller. It was kitted out. It was nearly like the universe was bringing this to us. The universe provided. Absolutely. And that's something I do feel uh, a connection with. And at that time, I might not have realised it, but everything slotted into Mm -hmm. place. It was nearly as if it was meant to be. So... We went with the flow and we started up um, in Milton Industrial Estate and that was our first, you know, individual premises for, for Delhi Lights Ireland. 
Oh, that is unbelievable. Mm. And then, you know, I said in the introduction, you have grown now. You're, you're, you're global, but we'll come to that in a minute. Mm. But the fact is you're, you've got a workforce of approximately 250 employees. Mm. Where do they all work? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fabulous local success story. You must be so proud. Yeah, I am very proud. And I have to pinch myself um, every so often to, to make sure it's real. But, yeah, listen, you know, we had grown phenomenally and organically over the last um, 20 years and suppose with that we had to recruit more staff to help facilitate the production of the sandwiches because everything's made on site, handmade, there's no machinery or there's no automation really uh, worth talking about apart from maybe um, a bit of cutting or whatever but everything's handmade so we had to get people in and train them so as we grew um, you know, on a weekly basis, really, we were getting new orders in. We had to bring new staff in as well. So it happened very organically and um, got new contracts with the likes of Costa Coffee and with the major retailers throughout Ireland, Musgrave and um, Boots and Sainsbury's. So with all those big blue chip companies, we had to make sure that we could, you know, deliver on the demand. So we just had to keep recruiting. Um, it was a challenge to to recruit the right people and also the biggest challenge was to get me out of the kitchen Sarah. That was my next question (laughs) I was going at what point did you actually step away from the sandwich making? Yeah it was very very difficult it was nearly like seeing your child move on from the home you know it was like I knew after we got a phone call one day from Costa Coffee in the UK wanting us to supply all their, their stores in Ireland I said, right, I need to step away from the kitchen duties and actually stop making the coleslaw to actually uh, working on the business. And that meant looking at the opportunities, working with my customers, giving them the best service and also um, working with our development team on innovation and making sure our food was ahead of the trends. So um, that so it was a difficult it was very, difficult for you because yeah. I suppose I could I could tell you were it was working yeah. and it was working because you were there I making there, the sandwiches. Yeah. So would it would it work if you weren't there? <laughs> exactly. And it did. Yeah, it did work because Which is a great lesson for people yeah. listening who, who who think they have to do everything. Yeah. Well that's where the growth came from. The minute I stepped out of the kitchen really then we we had phenomenal growth over those next um two to ten years, you know, year on year growth of maybe up in 25-30%. It was huge um, because the opportunities were there. I was freed up really to go out and see the customers, to do presentations, but also to go on trips and to see what other innovation was happening out in the wider food to go market. So it's very important to do that because if you if you do have a vision and you see the growth, you, you can't be um, in the middle of the business. You have to look at it and work on the business and also bring new people in to support and help you because I certainly wasn't good at everything. I had to bring in expertise and technical and NPD and accounts and finance. So I was able to stand back and myself and Brian were able to put a plan into place to, to bring in the best people to support us then, you know. Uh, quite often I have people sitting opposite me and, you know, they've started with an idea or they've started with a product mm. and it's worked. And then they've said, but I wasn't a natural business person. I then had to learn how to run a business. But that seems to have been something that you've taken to like a duck to water. What would you say has been the reason for that? How did, how did you just adapt um, I think it was the foundation of being around my family um, initially with the first sandwich bar and getting that foundation of working in a family environment, teamwork, 
knowing that you couldn't go on a solo run, that you had to communicate effectively and you had to, you know, you had a shared end goal. So I think you don't need all the experience in the world. You don't need degrees or you don't need huge big business plans I didn't have anything like that of course it's fantastic to have that but I didn't have the luxury of having that but I was self-taught and I think you know I winged it as well but I think you need a lot of belief and passion to be able to um, you know you know to meet the demand and the expectation that people have around you as well you know so whenever you watch like the the, the apprentice or whatever mm. and a team gets together mm. and they have to assign you know you you'll be the managing director you'll be in charge of sales you'll be yeah. the marketer you etc you know how did you become that person that was yeah. going to lead and was that difficult within a family business um, yeah it was but you know again it wasn't just me on my own it was Brian my husband who is the CEO so um, it was was hard but we knew what needed to be done so we just had to write out the list of people we knew that we needed in the business to bring us to the next level and then it was really about you know recruiting and also using um, you know social media to, to advertise the business mm. so that people would say oh they're a reputable business or they're going places or they're, they're doing something really different and really good. So we, we have attracted an awful lot of talent through advertising on, you know, uh, the different social media platforms. Um, and that sometimes is the best way of recruiting is word of mouth and really being open and transparent about what you want to do and your vision for the future. And what about raising capital? What about investment? I mean, I hear that again. It's so, so difficult uh, at the minute Mm -hmm. um, for people to get money and to finance their growth. Uh, You've been working with InvestNI since 2007. How would you say they have supported you? Oh, InvestNI has been fantastic uh, from, you know, the early days. They've been helping us with marketing and uh, helped us set up our first um, exhibition in Dublin all those years ago. You know, we did move from Northern Ireland um, into ROI um, back in the early 2000s with our sandwiches because initially it was very a local um, customer base we had. But we've seen a huge market in the south of Ireland and we've seen then that, you know, Invest and I was able to support us with that export group because that's what they're all about, you know, is bringing new products out of the um, Northern Ireland. But even to this day now, we're on the scaling programme, which means they're going to help us grow internationally. And again, it's going to be through support of bringing new people to us, be uh, helping with marketing and also exhibitions in the likes of Dubai. We were at um, Gulf Foods back in 2019, I think, before COVID. Yes. So we'll be going back again um, next year through Invest NI support. So So where can people in the world now mm. buy a Delhi Light sandwich? Um, probably, well, we supply in a lot of um, you know, countries in Europe. So we've supplied nine countries in Europe and the Scandinavia and Benelux countries and the UK. Um, so listen, there's loads of potential out there. We're only sort of scratching the surface. Um, we, we have identified that the European market in food to go isn't as advanced as Ireland. So it's bringing us back those nearly 20 years ago when we first seen that opportunity in Ireland. So that's interesting. Go. Why is that? Are they are people wanting freshly made yeah. over there? I what? just don't think they're as advanced. Like Ireland is so advanced in food to go. Mm-hmm. Like there's some fantastic success, success stories out of the island of Ireland. And I think that we have something special. We have amazing produce and we have fantastic people and 
we've such a zest for life and we also want to, you know, create and develop and, and be successful. So I think we have something special and, you know, even the people that's working for us are fantastic through all different departments. So we're bringing that expertise to the European market because they don't, they're not as advanced and maybe they don't see food to go as being a big enough part of their vision but we certainly see that and apologies if this is a stupid question but how does uh, a sandwich that's maybe bought in belgium mm. how does it end up in belgium does it get made here or does it get made over there is that <laughs> certainly not a, it's certainly not a, a stupid question and um, so no all our manufacturing facilities here is on the island of ireland um, so we've worked with Lockery College over the last number of years to develop a, a bespoke freezing process that locks in the freshness of a sandwich so that the product is frozen within um, minutes really you know so it's it's blast freezing it's very unique we've worked with manufacturers and getting the bread um, texture right and the moisture so that Whenever you get a frozen product and you heat it up, like a panini or burrito can be supplied frozen to Norway and a customer would open it up, put it in the oven and cook it and serve it. And that's made from one point. That's incredible. Yeah. So y- you mentioned as well how important innovation has been to the yeah. success of this business. Mm-hmm. And there's an example again of of coming together with people who are experts in technology and innovation and you going with here's our problem here's our issue and then we have the brains here to develop absolutely you know the technology you need which is amazing so important Sarah to to work with the experts in the field and you know because we don't know everything but all we know is we're hungry to learn and we want to develop and we want to innovate so surrounding yourself with the best people in that in that area will be a recipe for success you know because you know you're doing something different and you're doing it right and our customers are responding to it they're loving it um, and you know we're seeing a niche and we're certainly getting orders throughout the world uh, for our products so we're excited and uh, amazed by it but at the same time it's been hard work and grit determination and the love for what we do I mean I see the deli lights sandwiches everywhere you know if I'm popping in because I'm on the road a lot with my job as well and I do tend to eat a lot of sandwiches but I have you know it's a very distinctive packaging it's eye-catching I love the wraps um how many products do you have in the range in the range yeah yeah, well we started off with pre-packed sandwiches Uh, wraps is a big part of our product ranges as well because it's seen as a wee bit lighter option and you can be a wee bit more innovative with wraps and the varieties Um, and then we have like um, yogurt pots and we've got paninis hot eats burritos salad pots we've launched beautiful crunch pots this summer um, and they're like based there's a a vegan one that I, I personally love myself beets and spirulina and it's uh, grains and crunchy veg and hummus it's delicious so it's all about good wholesome ingredients good food make you feel good brain stimulating food so very very interested in that area of the the health sector as mm. well and you're a vegan yourself I am so indeed. it's very important yeah. to you yeah. um how would you describe the the rise in the popularity of, of vegan food because 10 years ago mm. vegan was nearly people were turning their noses up at you and now sure it's everywhere it's great yeah no it was very uninspiring what you would get in the local restaurants you might be lucky yeah or you might be lucky to get a veg stir fry or something so it has had has progressed massively over the last number of years and um, I've always been vegetarian but I've turned vegan the last suppose two to three years and I was very um 
you know, um, I was very dedicated in looking at new ranges that we could develop within Delhi Lights and launch them. So our plant-based range did launch a few years ago. We were the first in the market. Now, it was slow to start with, but I like always being the first out there. So you were the first? Yeah, to, to, to a purely plant-based range uh, throughout um, the country. And But now it's selling really well. It probably accounts for about 15% of our sales. So it's growing massively. But we have developed that range further into our um, export um, market as well through our burritos and our paninis and our um, you know our hot sandwiches and that is launched through our new brand called Planet Cafe. I think that's you know fascinating too that uh, you know you just said there I like to be first but risk is part of business. Absolutely is uh, risk is uh, you know um, very apparent in, in every business and it, if you're not taking those risks you're not really growing and thriving and um, even so we took the risk with the plant based and it wasn't a massive success three years ago we knew that it would be eventually did so, you know that yeah I knew deep down things was changing the world was evolving people was getting more conscious of you know, what they were eating, uh, their environment. They were travelling more before COVID. Um, but yeah, they were getting a wee bit more educated on what they were putting into their body. So I knew it was only a matter of time. And you can only see now the amount of people out exercising mm-hmm. and really taking notice of their health and their fitness. So it was a matter of time. So we're delighted to be in this space and, and still innovating within it, you know. Where did the name Delhi Lights come from? It sort of ties in with lighter eating options as well. Absolutely. That was exactly what it is about. And obviously um, the, the deli came from the New York deli mm-hmm. scene. My sisters were, uh, I think they were lying on a beach in New Jersey and um, they both worked in, in the deli bars in New Jersey. So deli, lights, deli had to be a, a big part, part of, of the it. name. And then lights was because of the lighter sort of option of food we were, you know, serving. But then there's a star in between it and that star came from obviously stars and stripes of, you know, the US as well. So it ties it right back to New York and um, where it all began. Now that dream, as I said in the introduction as well, your dream is to see your sandwich, a deli light sandwich sold in New York. Is that dream being realised anytime soon? Absolutely. We're definitely on the road. Uh, We're on that uh, agenda and there's loads of opportunities in the US. We're just sort of trying to conquer the the European market initially, but that's definitely on the agenda. We do have a strategy um, over the next five years. And we're delighted that even with all the challenges of COVID and Brexit and we're going into potentially worldwide inflation and recession, we're still on that route, you know, of our strategy being delivered upon. Well, let's just talk a little bit about that because we are, you know, every time you turn on the news, it's doom and gloom, um, cost of living crisis, huge. And are you worried about that? Um, Because at the minute, buying a cup of coffee, having a sandwich or whatever might have been seen as something that people did uh, regularly, daily. But are you worried now that that will become or has become a luxury for people? Are you seeing that impact yet? Absolutely. We're not seeing the impact uh, as of yet. And, you know, there's no point worrying about things. And this is what we say you know, to our staff, and obviously, you know, we myself and Brian says it very openly ourselves. Worry gets you nowhere, but being aware makes you um, ahead of potentially what could happen. So we're very aware of the challenges ahead, and 
you know, we have a very robust team and we have fantastic innovation. So if we need to look at new products or, you know, different ways of, you know, um, you know, supplying products at a, 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 a different... Well, just the cost of food at the minute as well. I was thinking for you, is mm. it costing more to make the food, the, the wraps and sandwiches? Yeah, and yeah. Are you passing that cost on yet to the customer? Absolutely, yeah. And our customers has been fantastic because they can see it coming from their end as well. So, they, you know, we're sharing all those costs with our customers and they understand completely. And then user obviously knows as well because you can only know whenever they do their local shop um, you know, everything has went up in price. So every type of food and coffee will take a hike, but it's one of those things you just have to ride the waves. Yes, we never know what's around the corner. I mean, we, you, you've got through COVID and that probably, you know, like everybody else that sat in this studio, the initial reaction was, oh no, what are we going to do? How was it for you? Was it actually good for business? Yeah, I think it um, it really, you know, stopped us and made us really think about our business. Uh, we're a very resilient company and only for our strong management team. You know, we were fantastic and we kept positive from the very beginning it all broke because our business was more or less, you know, non-existent overnight. But we did keep people on the factory floor and we kept them as many employed as we could. Very innovative and very flexible. And we changed direction. We brought sandwiches to our customers. So we'd done home deliveries. And we had an e-commerce site and we were supplying sandwiches and tray bakes and all types of different products to our customers to keep positive, to keep our name out there, to keep the belief there that everything was going to be good. And it was fantastic. You know, it really worked, you know, fantastic for us. And we have to thank all our customers throughout Ireland that supported us and, you know, kept buying our products. And, you know, we're very grateful and we wouldn't be here today without them. What's the favourite product then? Or does that vary from country to country and region to region? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> you know, like you have your stable, like BLT and your chicken and stuffing. But I think now you we're moving away from those t- type of, um, you know, more stable products to the innovation that we have developed within our wraps. So uh, our salt and chilli chicken is a big firm favourite. People be uh, crying out for it. We can't make enough of them. Is that right? Yeah, I I'm personally try that one I haven't had that one yeah yet. it's very nice it's a bit spicy but it's very delicious um you seem also uh, as we've heard like a really family oriented person um how has it been growing this business as a family business but also you know you've got children of your own now as well do you want them to come into the business how important is that to you yeah, it's very important. Like family is everything. And it did bring those family values from the sandwich bar those years ago, 25 years ago when it first started into Delhi Lights Ireland. So we do believe we are a big family, extended family. And we sit around a table. We're very open. We're very transparent. And um, it's very important for us that, you know, the business is for the greater good, not just for profit. And um, we have your know, four four core values in the company um, one being responsible one being be curious be positive and be a champion and they feed into our certification for B Corp I don't know if you know what that is B, B Corp is a certification that um, it's not just for business it's, or, or sorry it's not just for profit it's for the good as well it's um, looking after environment looking after our people being ethical and transparent so that's very important for us and that's something that we feel very strongly about and our team of people, which is our family, 
is working with us on achieving and we hope to get that by the end of this year or early 2023 so that would be a big celebration. So you really live by those values and what about the next generation would you love them to come into the business? Well yeah actually my son Stephen he's 17 he was working with us throughout the summer and has been for the last couple of summers because we have a bakery facility as well as a sandwich manufacturing but uh, he was just liking the bakery a wee bit too much this last couple of years. Yes the chocolate I think there was more chocolate he was eating than maybe making <laughs> in Trebek. I so. would have that problem if I came and worked for you as well so don't ask me to help out. I yeah. like eating a little too much so that's that's lovely and also you're really into supporting your local community you're providing jobs but um, you know I just think that's an incredible achievement I just think that must be so nice to come from a certain area and then know that you've provided livelihoods for for families and people who don't have to leave they can stay and work here and be part of this success story absolutely yeah it's very important that um you know we give back to the community because we have a lot of staff in our local area that come to work every day and we try and support and help them to you know so they can get to work easy we supply them with a bus and obviously we give them free lunch and we really appreciate them and we show that through lots of events we would have in celebrating the success of the company um, which we really love you know you you love a good party oh we love a good party (laughs) and we we certainly know how to have fun you know but that's so important too and I suppose in terms of recruitment people now want to work for a a company they went they recognize the values and also they have fun because we spend so long at work Um, gone are the days where it has to be a chore or dreary Absolutely, yeah, I agree with you, Sarah. And I do believe all our staff love coming in to work, and we're very open and transparent, and you know, if, and flexible as well. You know, there's a lot of hybrid working going on as well since COVID, and we just like talking to our staff and trying to facilitate them and help them and their families in making it comfortable for them for working for us, and and also to. Um, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of different opportunities in Delhi Lights to expand your career, and we give all those training and tools for them to be the, the best they can be in the company and to stay with us as well, which is very important. And also recommend Delhi Lights mm-hmm. as one of the top local employers of the area. Yeah, it it is an incredible success story. There's no getting away from that, and you know the longevity as well. To think that you started in 1994. Um, what's been the most standout? pinch yourself moment along this journey where you just think oh my word I love this oh there's been so many uh, it's hard to choose one but um, I think it has to be from you know um, the first export order we got in Norway I was at a show in London and it was the lunch show and we were exhibiting you know we had a stand there and we were selling all our products and we had everything on on show and a customer came over from Norway and they just fell in love with the range and the products and what we offered but it was very much about relationships the lady um had said that uh, she reminded I reminded me of her younger self so she had a family business as well she was the mother of a family business and we got on like a house on fire so I think striking those relationships with people um, is very important and she placed a huge big order with us the I think six months later so that was a pinch me moment and I felt so appreciative and so humble by it because I thought my god really you can achieve anything if you you put your your um your vision into it and your belief 
And your personality. Absolutely. Obviously, too, that always helps. You do light up this uh, studio and you do always have a smile on your face, which is, is fantastic. How do you get away from work? Well, I'm very privileged to live in a beautiful area in Restrever, just on the foot of Kilbrony Mountain. Um, so, listen, I go up there every morning for a hike, but I have two lovely dogs. So I get away with them for a couple of hours, come back down. I do a bit of meditation as well. Just gets me in the zone for the day ahead because it is sometimes hard for work-life balance and getting into the zone and then coming back home to a busy family of three teenagers. Wow. So I do get out and I you know, I have free time, which is very important. And we do go on holidays and we do lots of other things as well. So it's about looking after yourself first. And do so you and Brian, are you able to get time away from the business or or does it always come back to business, even if you're having a nice romantic meal somewhere? Well, yeah, it sort of does. But this summer, we actually got away for the first two weeks ever on holidays with the three kids. So that was amazing. And that's something we decided that we had to do because with COVID and all the, the first challenges. first time ever. Yeah, for two weeks. Now, we have been away for short breaks. Mm-hmm. I've been away for on my own, maybe with the kids for two weeks, but he had to go home early or whatever because we just didn't feel comfortable about taking that length of time off of course. work. But we have an amazing team now and they uh, run the, the business very, very well. So when you have people like that around you, you can really go away without a worry or a care in the world, which is fantastic. And the other thing is we don't talk about work in front of the kids. And I'm sure they're delighted at that as well. They all worked, (laughs) mum and dad. What's next though for Delhi Lights then, Jackie? The world is our oyster, I think, onwards and upwards. We're going to keep doing what we're doing and and do it well and do it with passion and conviction. Um, You know, our staff is fantastic. Our team, as I mentioned before, is brilliant. There's so many opportunities out there uh, internationally. We do have a plan in place and we're going to work with our partners internationally as well and we're just going to bring more of our ranges. We have a fantastic new brand called Planet Cafe and that was developed earlier this year for the export market and that's frozen down and supplied out in um, pallets and then into containers which go out throughout um, Europe and we're just excited about developing that further and reaching different parts of the world, Sarah. So, well, exciting times. You can't fail to be impressed by this story. Um, but the final question, Jackie, I ask everyone, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering an insight into the success of businesses such as yours, such as Delhi Lights. But what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? Well, I think it's very important and I, and I should have done more of this when I was starting out, but I suppose I did have my sisters, so I had entrepreneurs around me. But it's very important, sir, to surround yourself with like-minded people, people who's got an interest in business, that have a business, who has an experience that you can go and talk to and ask them, how did they do it? And, you know, have they any tips or, you know, any experience or advice? It's very important to do that because some t- people can be afraid and intimidated and I know in business, when I was starting out, you had the wee bit of imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not asking that question. That's silly. But I think, you know, you need to forget about all that. You need to go and ask other businesses how they had done it. And I'm very open and I have helped a lot of startups in the last couple of years um, with any questions they have because support and advice is always so welcome and it helped me 
my sisters were a fantastic advice and support system to me. So um, just surround yourself with good people and ask other business owners, you know. There you have it. Great advice there uh, from Jackie. A brilliant story. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the Public Eye podcast. Um, and if you've loved the story about Delhi Lights, uh, then join us again for another great episode soon. Thank you very much, Sarah. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.